1: Jabroni, J-A-B-R-O-N-I-X-Y-Z-A-B-C. Oh, it doesn't matter you spell Jabroni.
0: what's up everybody welcome to a new episode of two jabronis with a wrestling Podcast. bj Cruz here with my tag team partner the incomparable jeremy loss jay what's up dude
1: chilling today is a
2: pretty laid-back day so i've been kind of relaxing playing a whole bunch of like fifa 17
0: yeah here we with, go
2: with some dated ass rosters but i've been chilling as much as possible how are you doing uh you know
0: hanging in there i've uh I've started dabbling again in some WWE 2K17 as well. <laughs> keeping oh. it, uh, keeping it in 2017 because we we can't play the 2K20 version because that's no, it's trash. By far, one of the worst video games ever made. It was, it's, it was so bad that they are like restructuring the entire franchise. Well, uh, like
2: they're practically like giving it away right now. It's like less than ten dollars.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, and I thought about it. <laughs> but even at that price, it was like, ah, I don't know, yeah. man. Uh, before we get into the main part of the the show today, uh, bringing on our special guest, uh, be remiss if we uh, didn't acknowledge the unfortunate and tragic passing of Shad Gaspard, uh, this, uh, confirmed this morning. Obviously, he's been missing um, uh, at a, at a California beach for the past couple of days. Um, uh, and you know, his body unfortunately washed up on shore today and confirmed that he, uh, he has indeed passed away. So we just want to send our condolences, uh, to his family. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of reading the details. It's, it's pretty heart wrenching. Um, yeah. just, you know, you and I are, are both, uh, fathers, we both have kids and, you know, you kind of put yourself in that position and you're like, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of instinct, right? It's, you know, yep. you, you don't even think about it. And what he did was, is the definition of heroic. And he, he's been remembered fondly, uh, just kind of looking at the reaction on Twitter and everything else. Um, but, you know, he just, he deserves, uh, him and his family deserve some love, especially today.
2: Yeah. And outside of his time in WWE with when he was part of Crime Time, I mean, he is a beloved member of the wrestling community. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, outpouring of emotion and support uh these last few days just shows how much people cared about him and how much he still maintained a level of notoriety within the wrestling community um, despite not being in the top tier organization for for a long time so um we're all gonna miss him he was like i said just a a huge part of the wrestling community and somebody that um from from what i've seen on twitter is beloved by many so um uh, huge loss and, and hearts go out. My heart go out goes out to his family.
0: Absolutely. Um and you know, uh, I I'm gonna I, I I'm gonna put a little crime time theme music, at the beginning of the oh, show. Nice. So just to you know, it's a little little uh, shout out, paying homage a little bit um to him and uh, you know, may uh, may he rest in peace and uh, all all the love and support to his family. Um so all that being said, let's. Uh, it's, it's, we have a special guest on uh, for for today's show. Very excited about about this guest. Uh, we'll, we'll bring him on in a second. But first, we get some bills to pay. Um, so Jay, oh. why, don't you, why don't you kick it off with a, with a little Bet Online?
2: All right, let's hear from our friends over at Bet Online. There is no sor- shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, Bet Online. NASCAR is back, and Bet Online has hundreds of other games, events, and sports to get in on. You can still bet on simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC events 24 7. Or you can participate in a $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge, a March, March Madness style NFL simulation tournament you can enter for free. And coming up next Sunday, Bet Online has ex Chicago Bulls, Ron Harper, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, and Craig Hodges joining them to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary on what they're calling the final dance. That should be pretty good. Craig Hodges, I don't know if you guys have been following, said some pretty crazy stuff the last few days around the last dance he actually was omitted from the documentary so that'd be really interesting to hear what he has to say visit betonline.ag and use promo code blue wire that's b-l-u-e-w-i-r-e to receive your new welcome bonus and check out all the action bet online your online wagering
0: and let's also pause for a quick break from our friends over at bluetooth guys looking to last longer and go a few extra rounds Blue Chew's online physician is free of cost. And once approved, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. Very, very key. key. You can't let everyone know that you you can't get hard. Here's a great deal for you guys. Visit bluechew.com and get your first order free when you use promo code BLUEWIRE. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's bluechew.com. B-L-U-E-CHEW.com. Promo code BLUEWIRE. All right, we're um, we're very, very excited to talk to our, our guest, our main event guest of the day. So without further ado, it is time for the main event. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to the main event. And for this week's main event, we have a very special guest joining us on the show. He is the Digital Content Director over at Entrepreneur.com. You've seen and read his work over at places like Vulture, Bleacher Report, and The Ringer. And heard him on podcasts like the Masked Man Show, the legendary Kenny Herzog. Kenny, how are you?
1: Wow, I'm feeling I'm feeling legendary. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm well.
0: Th- thank you again so much for for joining us. How are you holding up in uh in this quarantine age of life?
1: Oh, I'm fine. As you alluded to, um, yeah, I'm currently manning uh, a full time post as digital content director for Entrepreneur.com. So I'm grateful, frankly, to have that right now and um consequently you know for that reason and because of just all things quarantine and pandemic um you know have not been pumping out quite as much wrestling material over the last few months but uh hope that you know that might change as wrestling content itself um as, you know re re accelerates um we'll see and the media landscape is back in in its normal you know uh it's normal robust right rate of rate of production <laughs>
0: absolutely no absolutely uh well th- the first question we like to ask all our guests is uh what their wrestling fan origin story is uh, we're just always interested to hear about how you got interested in in this crazy world you know jeremy and i are, are children of the attitude era and that kind of shaped who we are as as people and as wrestling fans so we're just curious uh, how how you got into all this
1: I am a child of the corn. I, <laughs> um, not the Jonathan Davis sort, of course. Right, so right. So in any in any event, um, I'm a child of, I guess, what you would call the Hogan era. So, being that I was born in 1979, I came of age right as Hulkamania ran wild, and my first live experience with WWF was in about 1980 eight at massive Coliseum Hulk was on the bill. The rockers were on the bill, you know, that, that, that was pretty magical. Um, And I always, I never, I never lost my, my love of, of wrestling. And it's, it, it easily, uh, seamlessly moved into the attitude era because I was in college during that. So you can imagine that was fun. And immediately after I got out of school, when i started working for different outlets as a journalist i would sneak in wrestling coverage wherever i could um you know i went and uh, to a vfw show for an indie promotion in, in the early 2000s and, and did a story on uh, um you know where i was backstage with sebu and balls mahoney and these people and still have these crazy pictures of that and which when i worked for a big paper on, on long island i you know and and there was a event where Linda McMahon and the Dudley boys uh, were speaking for some cause. I, of course, ran out there right away and covered it just (laughs) for the the opportunity to, you know, to meet and greet. Um, And then, you know, fast forward several years later, um, I was desperately trying to find a way to talk about wrestling, to make wrestling part of the conversation in mainstream, you know, culture outlets, Um, because I started, you know, I was more, uh, I was having, a, you know, seeing my... My byline was was popping up sort of more regularly in some of those places, the Vultures and the like. It was an uphill battle. I definitely had, there was some pushback, but finally broke through um, the Daniel Bryan story. was a big one several years ago. uh, I had the right editor at the right time at Rolling Stone, and we sort of rolled that into um, just regular WWE slash um, pro wrestling in general coverage. And yeah, and and that's it. So for the last several years, I've had the luxury of... um, continuing to cover the sport i love uh most of the most of the time for uh places like you mentioned you know ringer bleacher Report, etc even vulture um and that's that's my story and i still watch every every all the wrestling i can get my DVR on
0: yeah no it's 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 a lot it's a lot of wrestling too yeah, there's a
1: lot of wrestling <laughs> sorry that was also a long wind down of of that was more than what you asked for
0: oh no please no, that was
1: great <laughs> I mean, now we're, obviously we're in a, a really weird time and, and
2: the wrestling shows that we're, we're watching are, they have no audience. So what are your uh, overall thoughts of, of wrestling without an audience? Uh, it's incredibly weird to watch and not have that reaction from the fans um, that really like impact the, the matches. So when you're watching on a weekly basis, what are your thoughts of how the product is um, on, on WWE
1: and AEW and how well they're actually handling the situation? Right. Um, and I would say, and by the way, I hope you don't hear the dings coming from my G chats. Do you hear them? Oh, no, 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 you're G-chats. good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so I just, I'm so needed, you know, so many G chats. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: So yeah, I, I've been watching it and I've been watching it less and less. As, there's been an inverse relationship as the longer it goes on, the less I've been watching, I've been more interested in seeing the kind of retrospectives that Ring of Honor has been airing because there's such a library of stuff. And, you know, mm-hmm. MLW has been doing its best to kind of uh, repackage this library and represent it in some interesting ways while they're on hiatus. And I, I kind of like, you know, that's that's getting me back to basics a little bit, but seeing the um, the way that the bigger promotions are um, are, are approaching it has, um, made me f- has made me feel a little bit um, rebellious about, about them, you know. I, I the visceral experience is strange and disconnecting and disorienting, and right. that can have a meta. There can be a meta appeal even to that. And there's been some ironic um, mainstream coverage, what's or mainstream coverage that's looked at wrestling through an ironic sort of lens. And then there's been the John Oliver's who've been just critical of, of um, the relationship that these companies seem to have, um, you know, legislatively in Florida to allow these shows to go on and throwing caution to the wind. I'm ethically, principally not to be, you know, sanctimonious. I just find myself, it doesn't, it's, it's not sitting well with me. Sure. Uh, It's not essentially, it's not sitting well with me. So that, but it's also just not good. (laughs) It's not great (laughs) content. So I just don't have a lot of incentive to um, continue to be, plugged in and tuned in the way that I, uh, the way that I was. And I'm only seeing wrestling like right now, right now, critically and as a fan from this macro kind of perspective, looking down as what's going on, like I'm in a drone and just sort of trying to make sense of it all. It's not as fun.
2: Yeah. I think, I think a lot of people share that sentiment about, about the product right now. I, I know for me personally, when I watch it, um, I don't feel great about it um, because I, I mean, I feel like a lot of them are putting themselves at risk and then you have The cases like Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns, where uh Sammy doesn't want to wrestle because he's worried about the impact of his health and, and he's being punished basically because he lost his belt and all that kind of stuff. But um when what do you envision the first wave of audiences show audience shows to look like? Is it going to be something like the NWA studio setup? Will there be smaller venues, outdoor venues? How do you think they're going to like work around the issue of getting back to full
1: capacity? that's a good point about the n w a studio setup right and they're poised to maybe um have a baked in kind of solution to this and wouldn't that be ironic if you know they were the sort of um you know they were kind of the uh, um, uh sort of the pioneers in, in this but right. i i uh i i does i i sorry it does the way wrestling's been presented has reminded me of the way that i was first introduced to wrestling when i was a kid outside of w w e you know it was watching i was watching a lot of Old reruns of studio shows from Southern Promotions when I could when I could access them. I was watching a lot of AWA where it felt wasn't in a studio, but it felt um, it felt very c- contained. And there's that's maybe maybe going maybe that's the way to kind of ease back into this instead of having it be feast or famine and suddenly you know assuming you can just go right back to filling arenas. I don't know. I don't know whether the McMahon perspective is, you know, is, is this all or nothing thing. I don't know. I would imagine that AW is willing to be a little more nimble to find some sort of halfway kind of point or middle ground. Right. But then again, they've been very brazen about um, the way they presented their product during this and have been um, very aggressive about putting out new content and have been willing to put things on the air like, jake roberts with his mask cast half off practically molesting brandy Rhodes. so who <laughs> who the hell knows but i do know that there i think i think the promotions that are laying low and i are thinking very conscientiously of, i know that those promotions are thinking very conscientiously about what wrestling is going to look like in say a year year and a half two years if this is ongoing the way any business has to be thinking ahead, but the business, the, comp- the promotions that are still prom- producing new content on TV, I think are in this position where they have to kind of, they have, they force themselves into a corner where they have to be making all these choices in real time and can't have a lot of forethought. That's my very long-winded answer. Good day. <laughs> <laughs> no, no,
0: that was fantastic. One thing, um, you know, that WWE, I guess, used at WrestleMania as an example is kind of fill in the time without, you know, a, a, an audience was the the cinematic matches, uh, you know, that you had your the boneyard match, uh, the Firefly Funhouse match? What do you what are your thoughts overall on, on cinematic matches like that? Um, you know, like anything broken, Matt Hardy would do, or or the boneyard match, and you know, do you think it has a significant future in wrestling moving forward?
1: I mean, that's a good question. That's the good question about it. I suppose is you know or, um, or the the good thing to um the smart question to ask uh you know in probing it is will it be um you know i i think every business right now across the board whether you're in the wrestling business or something or uh, some other business they're finding that the ways that they're having to adapt are things that can now become a regular part of the way they do business in the future a smart way to kind of you know reallocate resources a smart way to kind of repackage you know um product and talent and I don't think wrestling's any different. So I think yes, we could we could get into these sort of like murky, you know, mucky conversations about, you know, whether who's the originator of the way that of that kind of stuff is it right. is is it TNA because then they don't get credit or is it whatever. Point is it is a part of the wave of the future and it really harkens back to the past, for <laughs> the way that you know vignettes um and, and creating characters more, more um colorfully used to be um, and, 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 and portraying conflicts much more colorful. It used to be more a part of, of the way wrestling was um, was staged. So, um, on its face, I think it's, I think right now it's a natural answer to a lot of the questions that any promotion trying to produce stuff c- can have. And I I don't know why there wouldn't be more of it instead of doing as much of the in ring stuff that, that is being done that both jeopardizes safety and if nothing else, if it doesn't jeopardize safety because precautions are taken and tests are being conducted, it still, is just optically a weird thing. And it's still like not a very responsible um, imp-, imp tacit kind of s- statement to send to the impressionable people who are watching the show.
0: Right. Uh, and, you know, kind of harking back on, on cinematic matches, one person who, seemed to be against them for, for a very long time was, was Vince. Uh, I mean, he had, you know, broken Matt Hardy <laughs> like in his mm-hmm. company and they kind of refused to let him go that route. Um, and there's just kind of, I guess, a little ironic that they did that immediately after he left. But anyway, I I wanted, what what are your thoughts on, on Vince as a whole? Because, so we obviously know all about his on-screen persona, but a lot of his, I guess, not so flattering moments have been shown lately, specifically uh in 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 the dark side of the ring documentaries on vice uh with the with the Chris Benoit episode and and last night's Owen Hart episode but there's also the flip side with uh the Undertaker's documentary the last ride uh where it seems like they legitimately take a bullet for each other obviously you know the taker doc is is WWE produced right. but but Taker's loyalty to Vince was something that really continues to stand out to me so that's a long-winded way of me asking where, where where do you stand on Vince?
1: Um, I, well, I'm technically I'm sitting, but where I stand (laughs) on Vince is, look, I don't know the man. I know people who know the man. I've certainly done reporting and research into the, into the man, into the family. And I've had a chance to speak to members of the family at at times, Uh, you know, but, um, my, from everything I've ingested, (laughs) of him just anecdotally observationally repertorially I, I don't think there's a lot of mystery to it <laughs> and that's what you'll hear from a lot of people i think he pretty much um is like his pal uh in, who, in, the, the president yep. he is he's, what you see is what you get and not with a and unapologetically because it has created a brand that's has sustained it has it has, um in vince's case uh, you know created a product that has managed to evolve and move and be fluid with the times and, and, and survive controversies and, and ebbs and flows. Um, So that's where I want to separate him from the president. I'll give him, I'll give Vince that, you know, that credit. Um, And um, I think he's a guy who really follows his, his gut. And I think he's a guy who, is cavalier and is single-minded, and you have to have to be. And he's the last of the tycoons. None of this is meant to sound laudatory. I probably, you know, personally, he's probably not someone I would look to as a role model. Sure, but <laughs> um, but he is, um, you know, he is cunning and clever and ruthless and often right and just as often wrong. I'm not going to necessarily get too sentimental about him and the Undertaker. Having like a bromance with each other, I, you know, I think they're probably they probably have a similar worldview on a lot of things. Yeah. That oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that makes it easier for them to have the have this sort of connection and this loyalty and money and money talks and they they landed on a singular idea and it's theirs and it lives and dies with with the two of them.
0: You know, it's it's really interesting that you bring up you know his connection to to the president right now because. In watching the Owen Hart episode of Dark Side of the Ring last night, just his responses uh, to to some, I believe it was one reporter in specific who had asked. Uh, he was doing a press conference after uh, Owen's Owen's death, and just his response it was very Trumpian, <laughs> and it was just it was it was a little scary, a little eerie. And I think huh. earlier in the day, I had watched uh, an interview he did on Canadian television, uh, like two months after Owen's death. And just his, I guess you can call it an ability, or <laughs> or whatever you want to call it, to, to deflect and not fully take responsibility, or even take like a morsel of responsibility, was just very. It, it mirrored so much about uh, how how Trump just reacts to anything, any line of questioning. So it's, yeah. I, I just think it's it's incredible that you brought that up because the, the whole time that's exactly what I was thinking.
1: Yeah, they, you know, he has a good ability to be able to turn things around on on the person asking the questions and that, that, you know, you could say that maybe his pal learned that from him, from, from <laughs> yeah, from Vince. Hall and, and that's, you know, he, and the, the, that, that manipulation, you know, that ability to be that sort of manipulative and, and um, is, it's something that is useful when you're coming up with soap operatic stories too. you know, to think about, um I think a lot of times the characters act in the way that maybe Vince feels like he would act in a situation. Right. So that's all I'll say again. I don't know the man personally. I don't know that I ever need to know the man personally. And uh, I digress. <laughs> so you, you've you
2: mentioned that you obviously are not writing about wrestling as much as on a regular basis anymore um, because obviously things are just in flux. Um, but one thing that we wanted to, to, to highlight was your piece about Tessa Blanchard that you wrote for the ringer uh, back in December. Right. Um, she is a phenomenal talent. Obviously, she's doing great things in impact wrestling. Um, do you think she eventually supplants Charlotte as the top woman's wrestler? Um, and, and do you ever see her coming to a WWE or an AEW? I know she has a ton of controversy behind her for some backstage incidents. Um, she's got some heat from other women wrestlers. Um, do you think she makes the move to a, a bigger promotion or do you think she kind of makes impact wrestling her, her thing and tries to elevate that brand?
1: Well, um, thanks for mentioning the, the piece. Yeah, that was one of the last um sort of big deep dives that I've done um before all this sort of happened and and I should say you know there are some wrestling related things that i'm working toward and I plan on you know I, and I still watch as as much as I can take <laughs> um <laughs> and and you know and love to still be part of the conversation so you know just been like everyone else just been sort of just focusing on what's right in front of me during this pandemic and a lot yeah. of that has been this you know other full time gigs. So that that being said, the Tessa piece—it's um, interesting. I thought you were going to say, "Do I have any reservations about the way that turned out?" Because since then, and there has been so much conversation about whether she's like, whether she's like a piece of shit. And yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I look. What I don't know what to say about that in terms of just having spent a small amount of time sitting in a in a basement green room with her and talking to her relatives and trainers, like I, you know, I'm I'm not going to pretend that that's a very um, like clear and thorough insight into a person. I I will say that had anyone red flagged some of the stuff that had come out about her in the course of the reporting, I would have certainly followed up on it. And when it was red when it was sort of red flagged, I was I definitely extended an open invitation for anyone um, who was making these you know, accusations to to come to me and, and I could work on some sort of follow up. Um, so the story, the, you know, the story is what it is. And I'm proud of the story. But as far as that other stuff, I just thought I'd mention that. Yeah. Uh, but that relates to it, too. I think Tessa did take a little bit of a hit. I think they had to kind of um, slow their role in the way they were making her. Um, they were ready to so ready to make her the face of the company. And then she's taken a break because of what's been going on with the pandemic. Um, but I think it cooled I think it I think it cooled people a little bit on their enthusiasm for what she was about to do and becoming the, the TNA of oh, TNA impact, excuse me. <laughs>
2: I have that same problem. It happens to me every time I talk about impact wrestling. I immediately go TNA.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's not there's something you would think it'd be easier to slip with WWE s because it's the one letter, but you know, we're so compulsorily mandated to like you know follow the leader with wwe if they change their name then that is how we refer to it from now on so um point being i think people did cool a little bit on her as a result of that or sort of this question or her or maybe you know yeah so that's long that's a long answer the short answer is i still think um when she's a free agent which from all my reporting she's poised to be you know in a couple of months uh she might, you know, things might come full circle and she might be in WWE where she initially wasn't accepted. Um, and if that's the case, sky is the limit. Um, Charlotte's a tough, not a tough person to leapfrog because not only is she not only does her legacy perceive her, and not only has she lived up to the legacy, but she's just so such a presence. she's right. just so yep. it's it's just she is, she is like the nanny and the Muppet babies where just she's just looms <laughs> and you just see the, her up to her shins you know
0: yeah no I mean that's a that's a great I I would love to see her um back in in WWE obviously uh with everything that's going on who who knows uh, I I think that's that's kind of the bottom line with with, with everything um who the, and, who the hell knows ab- absolutely so uh, be- before we let you go we we asked this uh of, of all our guests kind of at the end here our, our podcast is named in honor of the rock. Uh, so we, we like to leave on, on this note. Uh, what's your, what's your favorite memory of the rock either in wrestling or, or just in general? I mean, you, you grew up with him. I think you mentioned kind of during the attitude era, like you were in college then, like I, I can't imagine what that was like to, to just kind of have the rock at his peak and kind of being, cause we, we, I was like in middle school at that time. Uh-huh. So like I would, we would get suspended if we would like do a cross shop. Or, or, you know, people's people's eyebrow, your, your teachers. So like uh, you, you probably had a lot more freedom than, than we did. So, uh, yeah. What's your uh, what's your favorite memory of the great one?
1: Well, it's funny you say that because actually right now the rock is currently on the cover of uh, Entrepreneur Magazine. There you go. But, yeah. Um, so and and it's funny, just two nights ago, my son, had, when he went to bed, he was clamoring like, I want my talking rock in, in bed. This talking <laughs> rock figure. So um, the rock is, is just an ambient Him and his catchphrases are just like an ambient part of my, my, my world. Um, Yeah, it was pretty rad, you know. Seeing that, yeah, I remember watching along every week with my with my roommates, and we and you know, The Rock breaking out on his own out of out of Nation of Domination, and um, you know the the spoofing that went on between uh, Nation of Domination and uh, and DX, and that and, and I don't really recall his first few matches when he was just rocking my via i know i was watching at the time but they never really resonated right um and i I, you know i I saw rock live during that era going to live raw you know in, in the attitude era and that was electric um but i was i also was a camp counselor at the time during the summers and the kids, like the eight year olds, the nine year olds, the eleven year olds were obsessed with DX and and the rock and there was a lot of, you know, can kids in the camp would come up to me and go, Hey, hey, Kenny, you know, know your rules, shut your mouth, you know, and think it was hilarious and, <laughs> and, and run away. And do and, and of course, like, you know, they would taunt each other on the court. Uh well, it's like if they were playing like i I'm picturing if they were playing tennis at the camp, you know, they would taunt each other from across the court would suck it with their racket, you know, like that. Of course. Of yeah. Um and and, uh, um, and I was very excited once when I did a piece for Rolling Stone about the most uh, popular celebrity Instagrammers and The Rock, not knowing I was the author, uh, ch- shouted out a thanks about the piece on his social media channel. So I felt in that moment, that was the closest I've ever felt to being connected to Duane.
0: But oh, I, I I share that sentiment with you. He he quote tweeted me like two weeks ago because I posted a picture of Terramana Tequila. Saw that, and I I had a meltdown. My wife was like, "You're you're a grown man. Our our daughter is in the other room. Like, what is wrong with you?" And I was, and she, you know, she understands my fandom, but there i think i think that was a line that was like a clear line where it was like (laughs) i I shouldn't be enjoying another man just acknowledging my presence (laughs) like this much um but no i'm totally with you and and totally i I fanboyed out for a second i I pulled it back real quick but uh i I became like a a 10 year old kid again uh just because and thank shout out to taramana tequila they don't sponsor this pod but uh, (laughs) it's it's a great product by by the rock uh kenny thank you again so much for for coming on the show uh w- where can everyone find you on 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 the socials?
1: Yeah, you could find me on Twitter at Kenny Herzog. And um actually not long ago, I did do a fun piece uh on on entrepreneur.com where I spoke with the MLW CEO Cork Bauer all about um how he's approaching this pandemic in the short and long term and also some of his thoughts about the competing promotions that are still putting on live wrestling, which he was very you know candid about um so yeah i'm always always trying to keep it interesting shake things up and that's all i got
0: thank you so much kenny we'll look forward to more of your wrestling musings uh in the future and again thank you so much for coming on it we it really means a lot to us
1: yeah thank you so much likewise thank you guys have a good one you too
0: oh man that was a uh it was a great conversation with with kenny herzog he's uh I, i love Love listening to him on any podcast that he's on. Specifically, you know, I I became familiar with him uh, around the time he started coming on with with Dave Shoemaker and the Masked Man Show. Uh, just always brings the knowledge that
2: that dude knows. Yeah.
0: a shit ton about wrestling. Yes, he does, and, and it was, he's got
2: a, he's got a great podcast voice. So, oh, I mean,
0: phenomenal, it's, phenomenal. It yeah, was, it was like he was made for this medium. Um, I'm, I'm very right? jealous. <laughs>
2: very, yeah, very same. jealous. Um, I'm sure my voice sounds horrible whenever I listen back. To, like you know, I try, like I cringe every time I listen to our podcast I, when I hear
0: myself. Talk. I can't listen to myself either. I think that's. I feel like you can't do this unless you, at least have some sort of contempt for the sound of your own voice. You know, <laughs> that's that's like part of it. So, right, I mean, maybe that's why we're uh, we're we're kind of sadistic in that way. <laughs> we just like to uh we're we're gluttons for punishment, who knows um anyway that's gonna that's gonna do it for for this week's show. We'll be back in a few days to uh, to recap the week in it's wrestling be a
2: big show on friday yeah we have we have to recap a busy week in wrestling and we have a double or nothing preview, which is gonna be like kind of bittersweet for us because we were supposed to be in vegas for this and I'm, i was supposed to be having
0: preliminary conversations with the wife about like things to, to do and not to do in vegas
2: like i was about i, I was prepping my bank account for right Using <laughs> a shit ton of money so it's like you know, you know this is this is going to be a rough weekend uh but we will preview double or nothing um and, and we'll be we'll be back on friday with a pretty extensive show
0: Absolutely. And in the meantime, don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you download your podcasts. And if you're one of our fantastic Apple Podcast users, please, please, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. And if you're feeling spicy, leave a
2: review. And make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's two DeBronies with a wrestling podcast. Hit this button here somewhere here. around here. Yeah. Um we're we're starting out on this video video medium. So Please subscribe, support us there, but also follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at 2 Um You can follow us at 2 Pod uh, in the BR app as well. And then follow Ben at Cruise Control, that's control with a K. And you can follow me for good takes at Jeremy Avoss. That's a good takes as a stretch.
0: All right, everyone, <laughs> we will catch you in a few days. Uh, keep staying home, keep washing your hands. Don't be a
2: Dubronie. Be safe.